Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Today is a particularly historic occasion in the life of independent Radio Prune, since today is our ninth week of broadcasting, just 91 short of our hundredth. So, at the same time, we are in fact celebrating our centenary today. Did I hear cries of bravo? Apparently not. On this momentous occasion... Too late, joke fodder. It is only right that we should look back and see what lies behind us. <laughs> but now, I would like to be serious for a moment. Hmm. Thank you. And now... And now, to strike a lighter note... And moreover, we feel that we can say that we have several people listening to Radio Prune, and our audience is growing fast. In fact, they'll soon be adults. <laughs> then they can stop listening. And incidentally, to those of you who feel that the entertainment on Radio Prune is rather childish, we'd like to say, ya boo sucks and blue that to you. And finally, I would like to introduce this week's program with some music. But instead, we'll have to make do with this. <laughs> Ladies and gents, we bring you the hundredth broadcast, give or take ninety-one, and we'd rather you took them, of Radio Crew, the official codpiece of Full Frontal Radio. By an amazing coincidence, also celebrating historic occasions today are Timbrook Taylor, who is twenty-nine and eight months, John Cleese, thirty years and five months, he got that forgiven strangling, Graham, Graham Garden, who is five foot eight tomorrow, David Hatch, who in exactly five minutes from now will be very, very old. Joe Candle, who is 28, 14, 28. <laughs> Add eight inches all round, and she is all round. And Bill Oddie, whose budgie would have been two tomorrow, if he'd bought one 24 months ago. <laughs> and here is John Cleese to say these historic words being spoken at this particular moment for the first and only time in the history of civilization. It's and so I'll read that again, again. Nine we go today, nine we go today. A radio room was first to show for from the radio. Martha says you can do what you like to let it all hang out. Radio Prune is nine weeks old, and throughout the morning, a telegram of congratulations has been flooding into our office. <laughs> and the telephone hasn't stopped ringing all day, and I do wish somebody would answer it. The water has been flowing like champagne, and the atmosphere in the studio is getting just a little abandoned. Abandoned studio! Just little. <laughs> and just now, believe it or not, we found our producer hanging from the chandelier. We think the MCC did it. We did it. <laughs> so 
we've certainly got something to celebrate. For we've just heard that a Gallup poll of horses all over the country <laughs> has established that Radio Prune is now the number one radio station called Radio Prune. <laughs> Even the press have begun to recognize us. And we have received reviews in some extremely high-class intellectual journals, the names of which we're not allowed to mention, and you lot are too common to know about anyway. Oh. The radio critic of the... Right. I'm sorry I'll read that again. Successfully affects a gallimorphia of visibility entwining within its labyrinth of almost switchian and pudibrastic persiflage, owing not a little to Brecht, perhaps, a maelstrom of semantic wordplay, which surely harkens back to the verbum ambiguum of the pathetic badinage in Gawain and the Green Knight, and thus creates a veritable charisma of Gilbertian calisthenics. And I particularly like the knickers jokes. <laughs> Sunday newspaper critic had a good word for us. Filthy! <laughs> of course, we on the staff of Radio Prune would like to say we are very, very proud to be associated with it. But we can't, because we're not. <laughs> In fact, we're ashamed. Ashamed? Yes, deeply and bitterly ashamed. Oh, it sickens me to my soul. The way we mock people. Yes. Oh, it's easy to do. Yes, but... <laughs> of their feelings. No, no, no. <laughs> week after week we deride and humiliate innocent given. Oh, we shouldn't do it. We jeer. We jeer at Tony Black. Oh, forgive us, Tony. We pour scorn on the ancient traditions of England as embodied in the OBE. Oh, they're so embodied. Look we up. even scoff at those poor, frail old gentlemen of the MCC. Oh, they're so frail. Look how frail they are. And one of those poor, Pathetic old man is going to hear it. Yes. I thought they were all dead. <laughs> he won't be able to stand the humiliation hearing the MTC ridicule. No, 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 he won't. It'll be too much. Yes, it will, it will. That feeble old MTC member. <laughs> that helpless old man is going to keel over and give up. Oh, no, no, no. He won't want to live anymore. And it'll be our fault. Yes, it will, it will. We'll be responsible. <laughs> do you realize that? Yes, I do. We'll be responsible. We'll be responsible. <laughs> <laughs> and now, here is a weather report. Cloudy, 7 out of 10, must try harder. <laughs> This week's winner in our Set Up a Sketch competition, in which we invite listeners to send in a short introduction of not more than five lines, with which we can lead into whatever sketch we're trying to wangle into the programme. And this week's winner is Hamish Gibbon-Tosser, who writes... I think it's a great pity that more and more people are getting married in the registry office. It's getting very crowded. And what is more, the old traditional cat wedding ceremony is much funnier. And this week's second prize winner on the same subject. Wonderful, thank you. Uh, where's my uh, where's my clipboard? Oh, yeah, thank you. Over to a wedding ceremony in a church scene almost anywhere. Thank you. You are William John Brown. Correct. Then the next question, please. Open the box. And you are Loretta Smith. No, to her friends, there's Lottie the Botty. Oh, look at that. Fantastic. What a cheek. Oh. I, uh, now, 
require and charge you. Charge me how much? How much? That's enough. That if any of you know any impediment, repeat after me. After me. I, William John Brown. Yes, my name too. What a coincidence. Take the Loretta Smith. The Loretta Smith. Blimey, there aren't any more, are there? To my lawful wedded wife. I'm not taking her to my wife. She'd kill me, mind you. It would be bigamy. Bigamy. To hold. Yes, she is too whole, but I don't mind having her. <laughs> hey. From this day forward. From this day forward. For better or for worse, for richer or poorer. I'll have better and richer, please. To love. <laughs> to love and to, to cherish. And to. Quite. To. <laughs> And that's how I plight my troth. Damn, damn, damn. Anyone got a spare troth I can plight? You are now made one. He already is one. Oh, he already is one. Get it, Vicar? Do you get it? Oh, no, you're not allowed to, are you? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> I now pronounce you man and wife. You man and wife, thank you. Here is some very important information concerning programs affected by the rearrangements of broadcasting in the 70s. It will help if you have a pencil and paper handy, then you can write in and complain. The World at One will now be on Radio 3 at half past four. <laughs> Five to ten will be at a quarter past seven on Radio 2 instead of Radio 2. The Archers... <laughs> the Archers have been switched from Radio 1 to Radio 4 and back again. Tony Blackburn will read the epilogue. The Midnight Strings will be on Sunday morning. Today in Parliament will be yesterday at 11 on 3. And a book at bedtime is at 3 on 11 and vice versa. Vice versa is a repeat. <laughs> Wednesday breakfast time is music night. Instead of African for beginners, there will be suddenly it's Eric Robinson with translations into Swahili. <laughs> and John Peel will be shuffled about so nobody can find him. <laughs> Inadequate details will be available in the new look Radio Times, which has been renamed Film Fun and has merged, <laughs> has merged with BOAC, but is now on strike. <laughs> Probably the easiest thing for listeners to do is watch television. And next. Listen with mother. When the music stops, Lydia Dustin <laughs> will be here to speak to you. The music today is an old traditional folk song sung by some Irish people you haven't heard before. The Dublin Folk Song Dance and Drinking Society with their lovely old song. <laughs> Come on. 
Another way, wheat play of the prune. <laughs> this week's play is a shock horror drama full of terror, suspense, and fear. And we should warn you that it is unsuitable for children and those of a nervous disposition and people with something better to do. <laughs> so, stand by to be terrified out of your wits as we present... The Return of the Son of Bride of Dracula's Cousin Frankenstein. Wife's lover's hairdresser's Gibbon's mummy, Deborah. <laughs> The story begins as usual with a young English couple arriving for their honeymoon at a remote village inn in Transylvania, little knowing the horrors that lie in store for them. You'd think they'd have learnt by now, wouldn't you? 
Good evening, landlord. We are an English couple, and my wife and I have arrived for our honeymoon at your remote village in little knowing the horrors that lie in store for us. You'd think we'd have learned by now, wouldn't you? You would, but we haven't, so here we are, landlord. Ah, good evening, sir. Oh. Madam, whatever you are. Am I right in thinking you do be strangers? No, uh, we're man and wife, actually. Uh, we're on our honeymoon. Honeymoon? Oh, honeymoon? Pah! I don't believe in honeymoons, tis all stuff and nonsense. <laughs> But tonight when you go to bed, you must hang this bunch of garlic over the bed. You must put this crucifix under the pillow. And you must leave the door open and the light burning. And I shall stand guard outside your room with my silly camera. Oh, what a giveaway! <laughs> and so the honeymooners stayed at the inn. But that night after dinner, the villagers gathered round the fire and spoke of evil goings-on in the neighbourhood. Ah, this is an evil place. Only last week I buried three of my cows. And within two days, they were dead. <laughs> And, and it was only the week before that I set off to town through the woods, and I never came back alive. He's an omen. Ah, and only yesterday, the Marquis—they put up in the village square, split from top to bottom. That was a portent. Ah, this will be a terrible, evil, wicked place. Darling. Let's go for a walk before we turn in. Good idea. Let's go up and have a look at that weird castle on top of the hill. No, sir, what? no! What? I beg of thee, don't go up there. One night that no man such as this one be. No man dare walk alone near that castle. Strange things be abroad. Ghosts and zombies. Ghouls, vampires. Up to the castle. Be warned, sir. There was a young man once, such as he walked alone by the castle, and when he returned, his hair was turned horrible white, and he had become a mindless, pitiable wreck. Look, here he comes now. There, there, oh, the old man. What's all this I hear about going up to the castle? No, it ain't right that it ain't. But, 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 Jennifer, they tell me you... They tell me you saw something up there. I, maybe I didn't, maybe I didn't, but I ain't telling you what it was. On account of it ain't fit for mortal yards to hear. Anyway... This voice is very tiring to keep up. <laughs> oh, I'm chucking it in. <laughs> well, we're going to the castle whether you like it or not. Oh, now, now, be. And so our intrepid couple set off, but as they walked through the night, they felt a strange sense of unease, as if some impending disaster was about to happen, something dreadful and inevitable. No! We're going to do some walking through the night, Joe. You're too right. On and on through the forest they walked, number one coming up. Overhead, the moon was bright. I've got four O-levels in my moon voice. Somewhere an owl hooted. <laughs> and nothing could be heard except the sound of the occasional twig cracking. <laughs> oh, go on. 
No, I can't, I can't, I can't. I can't on and on the same thing. I'm cracking in my occasional twig voice. For this was the wild battle land of Transylvania where the wind whistles night and day. But suddenly, the wind dropped. By now, they had reached the bottom of the mountain, on top of which stood the castle. And already they were climbing over little hills 12 inches high. Ah, these must be foothills. Oh. Overhead, a storm was brewing. One for me and one for the poor. Oh, darling, let's shelter in the castle from this storm before the jokes get any worse. Good idea. I'll knock on the door. the doorstep was a wizened old man in a ragged old sheepskin coat, made out of ragged old sheep. He eyed the visitors with an evil leer. Step inside, you poor things. You must be frozen. Otherwise, you won't keep. <laughs> who are you? Oh, oh, they call me Igor. Igor who? Oh, hush, hush, hush. It is not wise to ask such questions, sir, though. Oh, I don't care. No. Igor who? All right. Igor, blimey. You're right. You're right. Now I shall take you to my master. He's in the drawing room feeding his little furry kittens to the dog. <laughs> in the drawing room, Igor introduced the young couple to his master. None other than the evil Baron Frankenstein, O.B.E. <laughs> Welcome to my humble castle. You may find me a little strange at first. You may not know what to make of me, but I know what to make of you. <laughs> While you're here, you can help me with my experiments. Experiments? How fascinating. Yes. Well, perhaps you'd like to lend me a hand, or a couple of legs or something. <laughs> See, I've spent years trying to create a new form of life. I began working with animals. First of all, I crossed a horse with a skunk. What did you get? Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Then I crossed a cow with an Arab. Then what did you get? A milkshake. Oh! Then, I then I crossed a cricket with a wombat. What did you get then? A cricket womb. What? Sounds <laughs> right. But I have had failures too. Those were successes. Stay tuned for more crossing animal jokes coming shortly on Radio Proof. And so Arthur and his wife spent the night at Frankenstein's castle. But in the middle of the night, the girl awoke to find her husband was missing. On the first night of our honeymoon, too. Then suddenly she realized he was gone. And from the depths of the castle came a sound which set her teeth on edge, made her spine tingle, her flesh creep, her hair stand on end, and her nose do press-ups on top of the wardrobe. <laughs> at length, she traced the sounds of a crumbling staircase to the fiendish Frankenstein's laboratory, and there she found Arthur slumped in a chair. Arthur, are you all right? Yes, I was just watching Frost on Sunday. Oh, 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 oh it's all right now, it's finished. Oh, Arthur, come away with me. We must leave this terrible place. Not so, Frost. Oh, 
It is... <laughs> it is too late. You have seen my laboratory, and now you can never leave here. Never, you hear me? Never. Never. <laughs> and incidentally, I once crossed Enoch Powell with an express train. What did you get? OBE. <laughs> I. In trouble? Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. You will never leave. Because I have a use for you. You shall become the victims of a very good friend of mine. Look over there. And sure enough, in the corner lay a huge black coffin. Slowly the lid began to open, and out of it appeared a tall figure in a black cloak. Count Dracula. Oh, Count Dracula! OBE! Yes, and I'm here to tell you that that... Bijou coffinet is not what I call comfy. I'm fed up with spending half my life flat out in a coffin. I'm stiff as a board. <laughs> or to put it another way, I'm bored as a stiff. <laughs> or to put it another way. Count Dracula, what's that furry little animal you've got there? Hmm? Oh, this... <laughs> Is my little pet. He's a vampire rabbit. <laughs> grunt, grunt, moo, bar. Grunt, grunt, moo, bar. Well, I don't know what a vampire rabbit sounds like, do I? What do you call him? I call him David Frost. David <laughs> But why? I don't know, really. But it's not because he's a bloodsucker with big front teeth. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> I don't even know what made me think of it. Anyway, <laughs> the poor little fellow's power hung hungry. I'm sorry, he's hungry. He's hungry for publicity. He's hungry for a bite. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> then why not feed him on one of our young English friends here? And incidentally, I once crossed a leopard with a detective. Oh, shut up. Oh. Yes, I shall set my vampire rabbit on Arthur and he can sink his beady little white fangs into his throat and gorge himself to the floor. And then you crossed a leopard with a detective. Yes, I did. What did you get? A spotted dick. <laughs> or to put it another way, a three-third sleuth. Anyway, my rabbit's going to make a meal of Arthur. Stand back! If that rabbit comes near me, I shall kill it by driving a stake through its heart. Or alternatively, I shall hide in that coffin. <laughs> but I don't know which. Shall I kill the rabbit or get in the coffin? What shall I do? Stake the bunny! Hold in the box! <laughs> Before they could work out a way of getting back to the plot, a terrible storm broke. I shall harness the energy of this storm to complete my latest experiment, the creation of a human being. And before their horrified eyes, Frankenstein's dreadful monster rose slowly from the table and walked towards them. Ah! Stop! Get away from me, you idiot brute! Don't come any closer! Stay away! What do you want with me? Can't you go? <laughs> What have I created? Oh, I'm all yours, you gorgeous baron. You mean Frankenstein actually made you? Not yet, but maybe. <laughs> oh, oh, 
There is one thing I would like to say to you. Please feel free. But if you want to go any further, it'll cost you. You see, I... You see, I tried to create a super being. I gave you the heart of a lion, the eyes of an eagle, the ears of a gibbon, and the talent, the talent of Ralph Harris. Oh, And I still had enough bits left over to make Marty Feldman. But when I put you together, I left out one important part. You didn't! I did. <laughs> I forgot to give you a brain. Oh, I, I can't think why. You can't. Well, I must destroy you. Farewell. So saying, Frankenstein blew up the monster. <laughs> <laughs> the end of our story. Arthur and his wife returned to England, but as for Frank Frankenstein and Count Dracula, they joined the legions of the living dead. They became chartered accountants. <laughs> The program you have just heard was designed to chill the marrow and to give you the creeps. And the creeps were Tim Brooke Taylor, John Cleese, Graham Garden, David Hatch, Joe Kendall, Bilotti. The producers were Counts Peter Titheridge and Baron David Hatch. The song was composed by Graham Garden and sung by Bilotti and was given a spirited rendering by Dave Lee and his ghouls. The music was composed by Beethoven and decomposed by Leon Cohen. And here is the British vampire the sun never sets on to say, Stop groaning! My name is Angus Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.